Good evening. So for the past few weeks, we've been listening to Jesus, who's back in Jerusalem and teaching in the temple. And he's making the chief priests and Pharisees very uncomfortable, leading them to ask him, who gave you this authority to teach as you do? And instead of a direct answer, Jesus has been telling them a series of parables that we've been listening to over these past weeks, all focused on choices made. For Jesus is attempting to get their attention to think differently, choose differently, and to open their eyes to his teachings of the kingdom of God. And the point that Jesus is making in these parables is that it's not God who's doing the choosing. It's all of us. But it's the Pharisees who are the ones who are insisting that they are God's gatekeepers and they will determine who gets into the kingdom and who doesn't. And frankly, they have no interest in listening to Jesus' teachings about love and compassion, much less inclusion. So after the parable we heard last week where the Pharisees are being likened to the king who's driven by anger and vengeance and exclusion versus the teaching of Jesus' peaceable kingdom, which operates on the foundation principle of mercy, the Pharisees move off to plot how they may be able to entrap Jesus, which brings us to today's well-known gospel regarding the payment of taxes. For the Pharisees, they're trying to corner Jesus into committing a crime of sedition against the Roman uh, government and therefore be crucified. So they come to him with this infamous question we heard about whether taxes should be paid to Caesar. And it's interesting to note that this story appears in all three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, suggesting that this gospel is not about paying taxes, but rather carries a deeper and more significant message. In the gospel, the Pharisees present to Christ an either-or proposition, loyalty to God or loyalty to Caesar. Jews owed their allegiance to God alone. As we heard in the first reading from Isaiah, I am the Lord, there's no other, there's no other God besides me. But their land was occupied by the Romans who also demanded complete allegiance along with mandatory poll taxes. So is it God or is it Caesar? Perhaps a more modern way to phrase this question in the present time would be, is our allegiance to the spiritual or to the worldly? Where's our focus today? There's little doubt that we live in a culture where we are measured by what we have, and therefore we push to have more, whether we can afford it or not. Our society, fueled by a barrage of advertising and so-called conventional wisdom reinforces the message every day of our need to have and want more. So we burn more hours each day doing what we do to fill ourselves with more, but eventually we find it's never enough. So besides the times we gather here each week, where and where else do we give time and talents to God? How can we reconcile both of these, the worldly and the spiritual? How do we deal with this liminal space as we stand in the threshold of worldly and spiritual, looking at all the changes around us and the challenges that we face each day? 
Perhaps we need to take time and re-examine where we place our allegiance. Is it with Caesar or with God? See, the coin in the gospel story was a Daenerys imprinted with the image and likeness of Caesar, with the inscription, Tiberius Caesar, son of the divine Augustus, the high priest. Today, we mint our coins with images of past presidents and imprint each coin with, somewhat ironically, the words, in God we trust. And do we? But moreover, metaphorically, what personal coins do we mint? What are the images you have imprinted? What are the coins that we tie ourselves to? What are the coins that jingle in our pocket? What earthly distractions pull us from our heavenly creator, from our spiritual life? Whatever they may be or whatever you may call them, they're most certainly summarized by the three things Christ warns us against throughout the Gospels. Power, prestige, and possessions. So where our Gospel story tells us the story of the Pharisees trying to trap Christ, we too can feel torn. We too can feel confused. We too can feel trapped between the worldly desires versus God's call to empty ourselves so that we can be open to his presence. And so we place ourselves before God with our own personal baggage, filled with the coins that we've minted, with a mindset similar to the Pharisees, with this either-or, black-or-white, non-dual thinking, trying to reconcile our attraction to fill ourselves with earthly things versus the call to be more like Christ. But listen to the answer that Jesus gives in today's Gospel. Seeing the Pharisees attempt to trap the Lord with an either-or scenario, Jesus' answer is, give to Caesar what's Caesar's and give to God what is God. He takes an either-or and he makes it a both-and. And why? I think the spiritual writer Paula D'Arcy hits it on the head when she writes, God comes to us as disguised as our life. See, the good news of today's Gospels, our lives are filled with contradictions of worldly versus spiritual, of God's call versus wading through the river of life weighed down by our personal baggage. And the reason why this story appears in all three Gospels has nothing to do with paying taxes. It's the stress, the message that God will use all our material, all our coins, every part of our life and our experiences, even the negative and the sinful part, to bring us closer to him. It's the very framework inside of which God makes God's self known and calls us into union. Just as Caesar minted his image on the denarius, and just as our government has minted Washington and Lincoln on our currency, so too God has cast each and every one of us in God's own image and takes our worldly coins, our baggage, our sins, and uses it all and holds us all and forgives us all and loves us all. So we come to the table this evening broken and divided, and we come to Eucharist as a people caught in the middle caught between allegiance to God and the gods of our time. And all we're called to do 
is to follow the lead of Jesus when he was placed in the middle, to lead with love and forgiveness and mercy, and to then empty ourselves so that we can be filled with the graces of the one true God.